You are listening to Talking Tunes. And joining us online today is... Shoebill. Hello. Hey, Shoebill. How you doing, mate? The nerves have suddenly got to me now that we're recording, but I'll be all right, don't worry. It's okay. Like I said, quite natural. Oh, yeah. So we're talking a bit about... Well, you tell me a bit about what we're talking about. I wanted to focus this interview on what I grew up on, what influences me, and also it's kind of a showcase of what I wanted to focus on, which is autism and other aspects of it, neurodivergency in general, a bit of gender identity and stuff like that, which is what is really prevalent throughout the scene. It's it's really prevalent with just nearly everyone I know in the scene, all my friends who I engage with in the scene and so on and so forth. Cool. So what we've got here, starting off with Gorship, Matt's Corner. Yeah, basically this song, I, I regard this song as kind of my friend in school. I remember listening to this, it was one of my first early Gorship tracks that I heard and it, and it captivated me, it, it has this really great energy to it. Because it was originally released on Dokun, which is on a compilation, which is known as DQN on the two channel. I'm, I'm a bit fishy with stuff like this, but... Uh, it's very reflective of kind of the otaku online kind of world that happened that period before now. This is like 2010, 2009. Something that I find really, you know, it's very welcoming to me and I, and I really enjoy that. Leon himself, he's a really, really great guy. He's a really incredible guy. He's often regarded as just, just an incredible person by anyone who's met him. And like, you know, his music, he is incredibly neurodivergent himself. He, he's very open about his uh, schizophrenia and his struggles with it and his other uh, conditions in this time. You know, he's just a really incredible guy, great inspiration for people. Yeah, I mean, we did talking tunes with him a couple of weeks back. Absolutely sound geezer. Uh, yeah, and really knowledgeable on music as well, which was fantastic. So. to Spongebob Squarewave. Spongebob Squarewave, do what you want to do. This is just going to be full on uh, rave core from the legend that is Titch off me nut. Yeah, I, um, I was very, 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 very fortunate to literally last minute, this was literally within the hour of the rave beginning I got, uh, I was able to play in Liverpool with Titch. I played after him. I was on stage with and I've got a story with that, a very tragic story where basically I didn't have the cables I needed to connect it to like the, the actual sound system and stuff. And it was this fucking, like I am a really anxious person. I, I suffer from anxiety. I'm actually medicated for it's that bad. And I can't deal with situations when they get a bit too stressed, but I, I have to congratulate myself for not completely shutting down. I managed in the end, it was literally, it was like, have you ever seen the Monty Python sketch where I think it's like a, someone's got like a issue with like the fridge and there's like a queue of like just hundreds of men that like spiral out of the woman's house all like trying to take turns to like sort it out. It was like that on stage while SpongeBob Square Wave was playing at the same time with just like 10 people surrounding me being like, well, so, okay, so what's the problem? What's going on? And I'm like, oh, I need a cable. <laughs> And eventually, this guy called Rick, who worked in the North Shore, the, built, uh, the, the actual venue, he took me into a back room where he like, he was piling through a, a cable thing, and, and he gave me the exact cable that I needed. I was hugging him, and I think, oh my god, like you've you've saved my life, you've saved me, like praising him the whole night. I 
Metich at Bangface very briefly, and I was like, oh yeah, I love Fly Swatter and shit like that. And he came out of nowhere. He was he was in the Bangface TV room, and it was during a DJ competition thing that was going on, and, and Titch just appeared out of nowhere, and he was like, yeah, it's a bunch of square waves to play a set. But when I met him, when I met him here, like I was I was having a laugh with him on on set. I was even like. I, I was being unintentionally a bit of a comedian on set where I was on the stage because I put my laptop down on the little stand and then I was like, oh shit, it's the wrong way and I turned it around and people were like laughing and fucking like me fist pumps and shit and I was just having a laugh at Titch. He's a really fucking cool, really cool guy. I love this song by the way, this bit in particular with the Sean Paul bit. His music has everything I want in terms of like this really hard, upbeat, ravey music like this with breakcore and stuff and also just this really happy use of like Sean Paul vocal samples and stuff like that. It's this it's this really upbeat, very summer vibe. I think this was from like Pool Party. So it's got this obviously going away to Southport maybe. <laughs> For whatever reason, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Why would you go to Southport? But yeah, I love, I love Titch. There was an event announced on uh, Facebook today, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, something happening in May, May 2022, something in Southport. Maybe I'll go to that. Maybe, I don't know. Whenever I've met Titch, he's always been in Southport for some reason. I don't know if he lives there or what, but uh, yeah, and he always seems like a really nice guy, really quiet, sort of keeps himself to himself as well, like, you know, and uh, yeah, total geezer. And, and the music he makes, full of energy, full on ravecore vibes. And, and, and he's got so many monikers of different aliases that he works on. A guy's just a musical genius, right? He's a bit hard to contact in terms of Facebook because he's a bit. I think he's got anxiety and he's he's, uh, he's not really accustomed to replying too well. But I am trying to get something going on with Off Me Know and potentially get a release on there. If Off Me Know are listening right now, <laughs> yeah, he's not an easy one to pin down, Titch. But uh, you know, you have to respect yeah. his space. And yeah, I do. If you get back to you, get back to you, like you know, cool guy, cool guy. Spectre, you don't know. What's going on here? So, Drunk Corpse, this is his side alias. I'm not too sure what the distinctions are completely. I'm, I'm a bit shit at that. But this was on what is regarded as kind of the first EP to establish Amen Punk, which is the style of a breakcore that mixes uh, punk. I remember Google, she was, she was kind of talking about genre names and how oh, there's so many genre names for different styles, and it's all just breakcore, which is true. Yeah, this is Amen Punk. <laughs> a new style, it's not a new style, this came out in like 2006, but this is incredible. I, uh, my friend, uh, Sonny Shimoda, he's a big source. He's how I discover a lot of music, because I'm really shit at discovering things myself. But he showed me this song and it heavily inspired me and I made a few Amen Punk tracks and I'm actually working on an Amen Punk EP for a friend's label. I don't know how much more of uh, Amen Punk Aaron has done, but the sound that came from it, like a lot of Japanese artists, there's, there's some like Japanese compilations of Amen Punk. A lot of Japanese artists love doing Amen Punk, like uh, Shima and stuff like that. And uh, they always incorporate this kind of sound of the uh, like pop punk kind of stuff, and more kind of upbeat punk music like this. Particular sample is Face to Face. Uh, sorry, it's uh, Banders Face to Face. The song is Disconnected. It's from 1992. It's a punk song, really old punk song, but it's really great energy to it. And especially with the way that Aaron manipulates it with kind of the, the amen and, and he adds all these other sounds, you know, like the ragger sirens and the bass kicks and stuff like that that are quite faint in the background, but it adds a lot to that mix and adds a lot of kind of thump to it and a lot of, a lot of uh, energy. But yeah, this, this, this is a great song.
I'm terrible at answering questions and if I want to answer a question I just start like stuttering and, and I can't get the word out I think that's a testament a lot to my autism because I, I especially with like restaurants when a waiter asks for a, asks what I want and then I just I just shut down and I just go silent or like I just start panicking I just sweat look around oh shit kind of thing it's great awesome <laughs> I love it. I was going to say about the cable situation and you having a bit of stress out about not having the right cable for the gig. I personally find, you know, sometimes actually those sorts of fuck-ups are what help build you a little bit, perhaps. Don't even find that. But I find, you know, when you have these th- and you get over it and you find, actually, we found the cable. It wasn't a problem. Oh, yeah. But next time you're not so worried. Hey, it was a great relief. Like, I kind of felt like I, 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 like, beat a boss in a game or something like that. But <laughs> cool. now jake call slicer the unhealthy dance floor addiction dance core addiction dance core addiction there you go this is dance core this is a genre my ability to read off a page is uh is uh, being shown up this was released on my label this was the favicon volume 2 this is dance core compilation where i'm still yet to send out all the cds which i've been really struggling with because of mental health and other family issues and personal issues and so on and so forth pretty broke right now as well so but um that's nah, fine i've got the favicon budget i've got like a separate paypal to, to keep all the money separate i'm not spending all of it so you're doing physical releases I do them rarely because I have very little room in this room. This room is actually a fucking tip, a complete fucking bin of a room, and I have no room. But I'm just, I'm, I'm quite, I'm just quite unkempt. I'm quite, I don't really look after myself too well. But I'm learning through doing this label the best logistical kind of things through learning the hard way. Like I, I got cassettes and they didn't really sell well, so I thought, okay, well now I need to be selective of who I release physicals with. With this CD of lands, don't all a hundred CDs and expect yourself to be able to ship them all out nicely. I now know from now on, like with CDs, I'm gonna just release like 10 editions. If they sell well, I'll release more kind of thing, do it like that, which I think other labels do anyway. Jacob Slicer is, they suffer from ADHD, I believe they have autism as well, I'm not too sure, but they have explained to me about kind of how, like, the other music they do outside of this, this is a kind of one-off dance guy, they do a lot of other kind of dance core stuff, but they mainly also do Reizoku CJ inspired Reizokor stuff, which is very much like where they will directly sample from Reizoku CJ and stuff like that. But that music, that style of really hyper fast music, it, it, it does like what they say, it, it reflects kind of how addiction is and it kind of helps nullify it in a way i suppose yeah, that's what i want to say about jacob slicer i would sometimes say jokingly you know i have musical adhd because my attention span is extremely short i love breakcore i love it when it's like fast changes i love tunes that are like one minute 30 seconds long that's where i'm at and i, and I can say jokingly you know it's adhd but obviously it isn't is it, it it's just a short attention span and a, and a wish for full-on music like what that rare Zuko CJ mix, cure for ADHD was it was important. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if people out there with who genuinely have ADHD, you know, diagnosed, uh, feel people are taking the piss when saying that. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I probably have ADHD or ADD at the very least. I've had someone with ADHD kind of explain how I feel. They think I might have the condition and stuff. I feel like I need to get that tested. But yeah. Some uh, local homegrown music here with MC Finchie. This is sounding very scouse housey. 
Oh yeah, so quite a derail from kind of what I was, everything else I was going for. This is Blue Sky Day. I remember my brother was a DJ when he was younger, when he was a kid. Uh, he was part of a youth program that was to try and get kind of ASBO kids off the streets and, and doing some creative to express themselves and stuff like that. At this time, where I'm from, it was it was apparently on a kind of like people getting randomly searched kind of thing, like it was at a high level kind of thing and all that. My brother, but I remember he was explaining to me he suffered from like when he was young, he was suffering from kind of like psychosis and stuff like that. It impacted kind of, and even t to this day, like he has kind of certain issues with himself with his mental issues and stuff like that which he manages he's got a very very loving family right now he's a really great guy really responsible person and stuff like that he's really great loving guy and i love him he used to play this type of music all the time on his windows vista computer while playing habbo or runescape habbo hotel and stuff like that i loved this music and it was what i kind of attest to being what introduced me to what is regardless like hardcore uh, very upbeat blue sky day it's a blue sky day it's lovely and that has affected how I approach music and it's how I it's what's affected it's, it's what's influenced me to approach my music the way it has now with trying to replicate that kind of upbeat sound which people kind of you know attest of what my sound is and stuff like that it's very interesting with that kind of MC stuff as well as this, this kind of parallels I think because this is very bootleggy stuff in itself MC Finch he didn't make this song he's MCing over it but he didn't make this song it was um it was Wigan Pier who did Blue Sky Day and did, did this backing track, but he just slapped his name on it because he, he MC over it, which is kind of very attesting to kind of how breakout is in terms of the sample usage. And even in the with the vocals, the MC vocals, they're really I regard it as almost like a, a verbal breakcore in how intricate it's like an amen in itself of how intricate and how fast it is at the, and really like blistering and it's, it's quite mesmerizing the kind of sounds that these people can make with them with, with the mouths there's like people like mc gen of d from like the the kind of geordie area of the uk where like it, his like he did he did stuff like this and it was it's it's really incredible because like you listen to the lyrics you read the lyrics and the, the the stuff about like drug abuse and like trying to overcome it and stuff like that it's like stuff about like personal issues which is really interesting and like this again this how much this music was uh, like kind of affected my brother and how it gave him that that ability to express himself uh, kind of in the same way this music's helped me express myself absolutely sounds great because I mean, that's the thing with music right music is very much a, a thing of mood and spirit and you know lifts you up and, and, and as you say blue sky days with music Foxty, Foxty, I mean, you were talking about uh, people being influenced by Rizoko CJ, uh, but when I spoke to Rizoko CJ a few years back, uh, when he was still active in the breakcore game, he was telling me that he was influenced by Foxty. So there we go, we're bringing it right back to the source. That's, yeah, that's, well, Foxty obviously predates uh, Rizoko, I remember stuff like way back. He said he was influenced by her. They're very influential to me as well, actually, with Foxty. Like, my, my style, like, I've, I've been evolving a lot with my sound and like I, I get bored of certain sounds and I experiment with other sounds and mix them together and stuff. A particular period of, of my music discovery was the kind of chop up, cut up kind of style that I started doing, which was directly inspired by both Foxdie and also DivTech, which is, uh, it was actually in the, the, the last one in the playlist. I love that sound. I love that. I, I, like when I discovered how easy it is to kind of like create different rhythms and, and create creating glitchiness through just manipulating the samples very simply by just cutting and, and rearranging and like choking the samples so it's more gated and stuff like that. I just love that sound. 
a lot and I, I never realized how much I loved it until I started kind of doing it myself and listen more to obviously to like Fox Die and, and really taking in what is like Razoka CJ is doing and stuff like that. I'm not at the level of Razoka CJ where I'm like mixing like multiple songs in one kind of thing. Like I'm, I'm still, I think eventually I'll try and move on. I used to try and do stuff like that and it, it is quite a, some people are very say it's very easy. Like J. Cole Slice of uh, from before, like they they told me how kind of like once you know how to do it is easy, which I do like agree. Look at like things I can do now, I didn't really think were easy at one point, but now they are kind of second nature. Fox Eye is just a, very incredible with their sound, with the, how complex the sound is, very full it is. So now, like I feel like I don't make my stuff as full as they should be. I often just rely on like, you know, very, just like very minimal, just, oh, I'll just get the sample and the amen and some bass and that'll do. But I don't, the thing with like, when you listen to people like Fox Die, where like how complex the sound is, where they automate all different aspects, reverb and add all these little sounds in the background that you, you wouldn't really, you don't fully pay attention to, but you know are there and stuff like that. It's like just really genuine art, in my opinion. 100% agree with you. There's that complexity. And what I love is the bits, I mean, Soko, I think, was a genius for doing it, and we'll talk about him later on, where you might get like a three second piece of music and you can tell it's like 200 samples or whatever. And it's just like, it must have taken you a month to make that one piece. Like, yeah. And does anybody appreciate it? That's the pain. Uh, it's, it's quite weird though, because when I say that, oh, I'm just, oh, it must have took you like a year. And I'm like, no, I did it in the afternoon when I was bored. And I was like, oh, okay, great. About the time she walked away from me Music. That's quite a straightforward question. How do you make music? Very simply, I just use FL Studio and kind of what's there. A lot of uh, I, I do use quite a lot of third-party like effects and stuff like that, but everything is always just within FL Studio. Occasionally, I'll do. I've done some occasional like like in uh, the last track I released on SoundCloud, I used uh, Isotope RX to just make the vocals more clearer because it wasn't really coming out clearer when I manipulated it in the, in the song I was using, but it's all in FL. I'm not really, I'm not someone who messes with like physical hardware other than for live shows. I've got a MIDI fighter and like this cheap archive with a bunch of knobs on it. And that's all I need to play lives, to play off um, the actual DJ. It's mainly like logistically speaking, like I can't fit. I have nowhere to put this all this hardware that I would get. You know, I'm not a Porsche who has like a room dedicated to all, uh, like all of his uh, synthesizers and stuff like that. Really, everything I need is just software. Like I feel like there's probably pressure that some people feel that they, oh yeah, I need to get this hardware. Otherwise, I'm not making it properly. But it's like you can make anything just on a computer. And it's like I don't listen to like idiots on like really angry Facebook posts who like moan about oh you need to make you need to make breakcore on like a modular synth or it's not breakcore kind of thing like I, I find that stuff very frustrating uh, real quick this this song uh, Renard getting old that's playing right now oh that's a, that's just ended actually it, that, that was the first breakcore song I heard and I heard it on a BronyCon video when I was 13 I was a Brony if you don't know is a fan of fan of My Little Pony, so it was often distributed to like male fans who were who who were older. But I was uh, thirteen. Again, like I'm a very autistic person in terms of like getting into these things like My Little Pony and, and furry stuff, and but I just kind of flip flop between stuff like that. I found Renard through a video of BronyCon where it was My Little Pony characters just superimposed on footage of different people in the community who, who, who were big and it's how I ended up getting all of this that I have now and this is why I'm sitting here right now speaking to you is because I was a brony when I was 13. But yeah. When you spoke to me originally you were saying you had the idea of having the talking tune session and talking about things that are probably quite 
different to the sort of thing I would be exposed to. Obviously, I, I probably class myself as a different generation to you. I, I thought you'd give me an insight into different things, things that I wasn't aware of. Certainly the neurodiversity thing I was interested in. I see the solid sound, the talking tunes as a platform for other people to, you know, give us music and, and give us some insight. What I'm always looking for is things that are different, right? So, yeah, Brony, never heard of that before. <laughs> I guess it was something to do with, I had a guess it was something to do with My Little Pony. Um, and furries as well, that's the thing I'm completely like, oh, what a furries like, you know? Not my thing. They're very great people, though. They oh, absolutely. Dev is a very, very lovely, very sweet friend of mine. Uh, we did a collab together, cute and wonderful. Uh, what's notable about Dev is their emotional sound in Breakcore. Did that with the collab that we did. I sampled uh, Sigaros, the uh, Icelandic band, and you know they're known for their like emotional sound. Dev is autistic, and they they, they have issues with their like gender identity. They, they're quite um, like almost nearly everyone I'm friends with who is neurodivergent in different ways. Like they will go through things like gender, like gender dysphoria, gender identity issues and stuff like that, of just not really knowing who you are, which is, which is a kind of problem that a lot of autistic people have in general, is kind of not really knowing who they are and what they are and almost feeling isolated. A big problem I've had is kind of that, this, this really encroaching feeling like I am alone. As being some, as being autistic in the way that I am, because there's a great isolation that you feel when you're autistic that uh, from other people, when it feels like you just really can't, you really can't re uh, relate to people. Not in so much like a psychopathic kind of way, but just like you can't really seem to fit in and feel like you're really there with them and like you're meant to be there with them. It feels like you're kind of this this branch off of this overall kind of social circle or whatever and then i've always felt like that no matter who i'm with but until recently like you know with, uh me and my new partner and that like I, f I felt this more of a sense of belonging with people and, and it's kind of a te it's a testament to like how really autistic people just need more autistic people in their lives to feel like they're more understood because it's definitely what helps me and, and like I, I feel like i want to try and give that and somehow like I've been to, like I've been I haven't talked with people very kind of open like very whatever talks about possibly doing like a social gathering for autistic people and stuff like that and give people that kind of space because it's an incredibly isolating condition really like you, you can sugarcoat it but it is incredibly isolated and it can really affect the people who have autism and kind of how they go on and express themselves and how that can create kind of social barriers between them and the rest and other people from anger and, and, and resentment that can kind of come from not feeling belonging to anyone, unfortunately, which is something that I've been through personally. It's a tough subject, isn't it? Commend you for bringing it up and, and talking about it because I think the more people talk about it and the more we spread awareness or, you know, more, more people become aware of these situations. Certainly for people like myself, quite middle of the road, middle-aged person, you know, it's, it's, it's good to take the time and, and to think of others and to think about, uh, you know, our interactions with others and things like that. That it's very easy to think of things as one-sided rather than thinking about what it's like for other people on the other side of any interaction, not just autistic people, but all sorts of people out there. And, you know, and, and the diversity of everybody's backgrounds, that's where all the joy and magic happens. It's where, you know, new ideas come from and life's rich, rich tapestry, which sounds a bit cliche, but, you know, you probably get where I'm coming from, right? Yeah, I think I wanted to mention it with this at the Spongebob Square Wave bit, but like in terms of how accommodating this, uh, like the general rave scene is from what I've experienced in Liverpool, 
especially the rave scene in Liverpool is generally just incredible because it's just when you go to these raves everyone is so kind like even if you bump into someone they kind of like give you a fist bump ah you're right mate ah, yeah. and you know it's this really great environment and my experience when like I speak to people and I will always bring up like by the way I might not be able to talk to you as well because I have autism that's always been met with just this overwhelming support by people at raves and they will give you just a lot of love and a lot of support from that and, and, and will kind of give you security that like you know they understand and that they are accommodating you kind of thing and it's really great and I really appreciate the especially my local scene for that good stuff mate good stuff Beck contact almost talks all the way through it yeah it's uh there's not too much to say I just I love IDM I love this sound of IDM. This kind of like kind of what you would attribute people like Aphex Twin, Square Pusher. This is a very more solemn, very lovely kind of. It's got this like uh, granular modulated, which is what you kind of expect a lot from IDM, and it's got a very kind of digital, rigid rhythm to it. And it's it's this idea. It's like this idea of the computer. There's certain bits in it where like, especially you could hear like this piano, this piano that gets like cut up and like reverse and stuff like that and it's 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 this showcase of how imperfect computers are i wrote that in the notes while i was high <laughs> just so you know um but yeah that's really all i wanted to say about that song now something quite mellow and easy going and something something a bit rough and tough right rumble raga something rough and tough dangerous right rumble raga yeah man rumble raga is a very very fun wild producer with their music and, and also like I, I i gotta give them props for them as a person they are a very inspiring person with they themselves are very neurodivergent they have autism and uh schizophrenia as well which they, they suffer quite badly with they have always throughout kind of like my time of knowing them and, and seeing how much the condition can affect them like they will always bounce back from it and they will always come back with 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 music and and, and their, their vibes as it were they're just really inspiring person with how very headstrong they are, with how proud they are of who they are, being neurodivergent, being trans and, and non-binary, being Jewish and stuff like that. Like all these different kind of aspects of themselves that they take and they, they take pride in it and they, they make sure to show that pride, which is really inspiring to me, especially as well. They've gone through like a lot of really horrible shit through people and just in general, just what they've been through. But they are like, they always come, again, they always come back and they wrote and they always are very kind of secure in themselves and very just indestructible, in my opinion. Total and complete and utter percussive dominance. So I was actually asking people in the Fabicon serve, I wanted a roll call, like, yo, tell me if you're autistic, I'll play. Uh, <laughs> this is one of the selections that uh, that Ragged gave me. I, I want to let people kind of like, you know, if they, if they have a specific song they wanted to play, then they can play that. Was that on Discord? Yeah, it was on the Fabicon Discord server. It's a kind of a, it's a closed server. I've had people ask like, "Yo, can I join the server?" And I'm like, ah. "I don't really know you. <laughs> I'm not really one of those people. Uh, I don't really think I could handle kind of operating like an open forum and having to like moderate people and stuff like that because there, there are some very not very nice people <laughs> uh, on the internet, you know." Yeah, Discord. I, it's one of the few platforms I haven't actually stuck my finger into. Uh, I don't get. I, Discord. I really need to figure out what the hell's going on. Discord. There's a whole scene that comes from it, and I think yeah, a lot of people do seem to break through into the scene through Discord, actually, which is great. It's a quite, it's a good resource. All of the servers and that. That's how you really meet artists in general in the scene, and not people who shut themselves away. And that they are people who will talk to you and will help you and engage with you and even work with you.
Beadcore Dave with an exclamation mark. Last night, a, a blood clotted ragga jungle techno DJ drugged me up with crisps. This is the VIP version. Dave is a bit of a geezer, isn't he? <laughs> Speedcore Dave, Snapchat Dave, that's what I called him once. But Dave, I met him in Bangface. I'd never actually spoken to him before until I met him at Bangface. I knew who he was, I knew about his dance corps, uh, dance corps releases, but. I met him at Bangface, I met him with Leon, with her Gosha, and just a really fucking great guy, and he's really, uh, he's like, he's done mastering work for me for certain releases and stuff like that. He's, he's really not afraid to express himself. He's a furry. He uses his furry moniker and stuff like his, his appearance to, uh, for his music, and I like that. It's very much like me with my, with the use of anime and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's on that, like, I, I think a lot of people will kind of think, oh, that's not something that you would traditionally. It's, it's something you'd use in breakcore a lot, but it's, it reinforces that whole idea of like breakcore is very accommodating with kind of how you want to express yourself with that, and like you know, it's been huge scenes, huge spliffs and scenes and stuff like that, just based on like furry artists and anime artists, you know, we, uh, you know, people like that. He's a very interesting guy and just in terms of how ingrained in this scene he is and kind of how much influence he has. The amount of people he knows and the people like that, people you'd, you'd be shocked to know like he's worked with them and the things he knows as well, the things he knows. It's just he's a, he's a very well connected, very knowledgeable, very kind of holding things up kind of guy. Furries and, and, and anime fans are like controlling the scene. In the background, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, Venetian snares, he's got fuck all, he's got no power anymore. <laughs> and actually, banger of a tune, too. Like, lots of good changes in it, lots of mash core style. Love it. Apparently, he, he synthesizes his bass kicks as well, he doesn't use like sample packs. So, like, his, and the bass kicks in this are just incredible. And, are, and it blew me away. He's very gay as well. There's a lot of gay stuff in his music, <laughs> which I love. You obviously want to suck what a real man has, so get down on your knees and suck every last drop of my cum until my dick is drained now! Harmful logic. Person I didn't know about until a while back, actually up in Drogheda in Ireland, making absolutely excellent music. I thought I knew everybody in Ireland that made breakcore, uh, both of them, but now it's actually not three people now. <laughs> I know of them make breakcore in Ireland. That's very shocking how you know who I am, but you didn't know who Harmful Logic is. Harmful Logic is a huge name, actually. It's surprising. He's a very big name in a more kind of, I don't want to say mainstream kind of way, but he's kind of, you know, when people say breakcore, people will often say like... Very wide net. When I say breakcore, yeah, for us, but for like, there's kind of a revival going on with kind of what, with the new social media, especially TikTok. A lot of breakcore gets played and recommended on TikTok, and, but often who will come off as like people like Gorshit, Sewer Slut, who people don't like talking about anymore, and uh, Half a Logic. He's got that sound down that people like, and I really like it. He's also very adaptive with his sound. He does a lot of just experimenting. He does, you know, he's done like a GABA track and stuff like that, but he, he's mainly known for this kind of sound. But he's also just very very legit person, he's a uh, very open person about like, he, he doesn't give a shit about like, you know, he, he loves anime, uh, especially recently he's gotten more open about his gender identity as well, he's, he's come out as using gender neutral pronouns and stuff like that, which is, stuff like that, it does help the people listening, people who are going through those kinds of, you know, it's, it's a very important thing to kind of, to be able to relate to people. I was on about like I've not really been able to relate to people and, and, and all that, but it, it's it's like I've come to really understand how important it is for people to relate and to feel understood. This art that represents who they are in, in ways, and even in ways that aren't apparent when you listen to it, but just knowing who Harmful Logic is, knowing who like Gorsha is while listening to their music, that's enough to kind of think like that, that, that adds a lot 
to the music and just that inherent kind of like, oh yeah, these are people who understand me and who are going through what I'm going through, which you don't get with people like Drake or whoever else is mainstream right now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea who's mainstream. Uh, Dua Lipa? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> These names, I can't read them at all. Jurassic Boys, because it's Sick Boy. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this was a release on Fucked Up. I'm actually going to release on Fucked Up with Sonny Shimoda. Uh, John from, from Fucked Up is probably the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. Really, really, really lovely guy. But Sick Boy, I discover people who I wish I had discovered ages ago. I was quite, quite late with Sick Boy, but I just absolutely love them and their sound. They've got this specific GABA sound that I love and like the mashup style and stuff like that stuff that I'm trying to kind of like, I feel like I'm kind of subconsciously replicating now in my sound. It's just like different decisions that they have with their production. There's stuff like, you know, just like the really very bassy kicks that they use. It gives it just this more, it's a more of a dance, like very traditionally dance kind of sound to it, which I love. It's not so much dancecore though, which that's, Actually, when you speed up this song, it sounds exactly like dancecore, and it's, it's, it's incredible. Definitely sounds like it needs to be sped up and some hard kicks on it, and then it really sound beefy. There was another song called Far, which I played in a set, and that's sped up because it uses the exact same kicks that like people like Annoying Ringtone, who's playing later, like they used. So it does sound exactly like what would have been played on like dance corps, which you're gonna go into more. Sonny Shimoda, the Squat Party Sound Clash, which came out on Tough Shit. Free download, plug, plug, plug. Uh, great tune, man. That, you, you, you ever think about going down sort of sound, the, the old clash chorus I've heard people calling it? What I wanted to mention about that is that that's actually what the, the fucked up records release is going to be. It's, it, it's called Sound Clash that we're releasing, and it's, it's got uh, Squat Party in it. And it's a, it's a collection of like our older collabs and then this new one that, we're, that we've been working on. So I'm just a very, I'm a very mashup guy in general. I'm very, I'm very dedicated to mashing stuff up, mash chord, dance chord, and, and you know, sound clashy kind of. But especially with Shimoda, we've we've got this. Um, we really understand each other and our sounds. And Shimoda, he will often send me sample material and saying how much it sounds like me. I would sample, and I'll send him stuff because I know the type of stuff he samples, and we work together quite well with that, and are able to meld our sounds together in that kind of way. I've known that I've known Shimoda for a very long time. I think since I've started Tubill, which is yeah, like just after I started Tubill in 2017, and we're still working together. And he's really, he's really sort. Yeah, he's one of my best friends. Yeah. Yeah support each other, come up with ideas together and, and cross-collaborate. And that tune as well, is, I shouldn't say it, but it's one of my favourite releases on, the, on that release. Very cool for Insomniacs for anyone looking for it, but uh, yeah, it's a fantastic release. Love it. Love to hear more of it. He is an incredibly talented person as well, I have to say, with uh, Shimoda. He's incredibly, incredibly talented. He does things I'm like, oh my god. His, his like project files, if you ever see a screenshot of his FL Studio project files, they are Un, like uncharted, un the fucking inhabitable. 
like looking at a rainforest and like he does all modular stuff now and he's just like it's incredible the sounds he can make and especially the mount the sounds he can make from my sounds that I like, plunk down when we collaborate like he, he is often the one who fancies up my sound if you will in collab This is Crazy Mashko Mafia, uh, Children of the Night. This is the song I discovered when I like discovered what the word Mashko was when I was looking up what Renard was. So like Renard was the first introduction to the entire sound, but I didn't even know what breakcore was or what Mashko or anything was. I just thought, oh, this is Renard. And then when I actually looked up Renard and I found the word Mashko, I went onto YouTube as I as I usually as I usually did. This is how I discovered all of this was just YouTube. So I typed in Mashcore on YouTube and the first thing that came up was Crazy Mashcore Mafia and it was this song that I heard and it's it's incredible and I really it's this it's got this incredible energy that I wasn't getting from Renard and it just expanded me out to everything else that got me to where I am now. This is actually an alias of Loft Champcore from uh, Splitcore Records and I remember I, I asked Loft Champcore like, I didn't know this, I asked Lovechankor if he knew a way to contact Crazy Mashko Mafia, and he said, well, it's me. Uh, and I felt really, really embarrassed, but we're actually working on a collab together now, a collab album, as him as Crazy Mashko Mafia, which is, it's like he's only done tracks for compilations on the Crazy Mashko Mafia, so this is kind of the first of an actual release. So it's quite a, it's quite a fucking honor, <laughs> considering how influential he has been. Uh, uh, with Crazy Mash Call Mafia with me, so um, I think people, I think that will hype people up because I think a lot of people they grow up with Crazy Mash Call Mafia as well, and you know having me alongside and will probably generate hype, I suppose, because people like me for some bizarre reason. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. It's hard to fathom, isn't it? Why people like people? Are that you have to accept it for what it is, don't you? It's been very strange the messages I get from people who like talk to me like I am a celebrity, which I it's, I don't regard myself as anything like that. I feel I am like a, I'm just a knobhead really, and I I feel really weird and a bit egotistical at times when I kind of mention stuff like this, and I hate it. But it's really nice. It's really <laughs> when you finish the set and you go outside to chill out or whatever and everyone's like oh man your set was amazing it's really good it does feel a bit weird sometimes doesn't it because you were just doing your thing like you know one of my friends his name's luke the first time he met me he gave me this big wide grin and was like oh my god it's you and i was like oh christ and he was like, oh my god and he was like talking to me he's like oh this the stuff you're doing blah 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 oh it's so incredible to finally actually meet you and i'm like oh fuck this is weird <laughs> this is very very strange I really do. I love when people do it, though. It's it's this is this feeling of like, oh wow, I'm actually like making some kind of impact, uh, rather than it being any kind of egotist. I'm not an egotistical person. I hate myself, but <laughs> it's rarely nice getting get compliments. And, and as well, when you think about some people who are probably bigger than you or I combined in the music scene, who probably feel probably the same way we do. You know, when you've got like, you know, you put something out and you get ten thousand listens on it. Like, those people must be thinking, crikey, big time, like, you know? I don't know if I could handle shit like that. Like, I've got tracks that are, like, nearly 30,000 players on SoundCloud, and they just accumulated over the years, but if I was getting shit like that, like, every time, I'd, I'd probably sabotage my career. Just to, like, avoid that responsibility, because it's like, that is too much for me. I don't know how Leon can do it with just his size. Like, he's, he's that composed. I think he just switched off, perhaps. Just let it happen, ignore it. So you, know, you can do it, I think. Because I think there's a concept that I don't know if you ever listened to the Blind Boy Folk Club from the River Bandits. He does a podcast. He talks a lot about mental health. And one of the things he talks about in that is to not look at positive praise or negative criticism, to just ignore it all. Because if someone says you're great or if someone says you're shit, you have to value yourself for your own 
I got uh, I got hate mail uh, yesterday on my YouTube channel. Oh, that's always the best. <laughs> I always find it funny. Cool. What'd you get? Actually, just sounds like garbage ran through a lawnmower, which is fair. <laughs> is that a compliment or a, or a criticism? I was, I was really like thinking, should I reply just like thanks and give them a heart and all that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, don't want to come across like I'm being yeah. sarcastic. Though. I don't really want to be like that. Oh, I'm super sarcastic. I, I, just, I fully endorse sarcasm. I am a sarcastic person, but I try not to be like. I don't want to cause things with people at all. I've had, like, kind of a shitty growing up period of trying to, like, navigate who I am. And I, I was a very angry person in my teen years, and I would try and just start things with people all the time. But, like, I've grown past that, and I'm a bit behind that. I don't believe in that kind of shit anymore. There's people who are just very kind of angry and very constantly trying to just cause things with people. And it's like, I've just looked at that now and Christ, what a life that is. They try and just, just be like that all the time. It's like people are like that all the time. And it's like, how can you be like that? It's exhausting. It's really like it exhausted me to the point where I just didn't want to be like that anymore. That's that's what happened. Absolutely agree with you. Bob the Builder. What I wanted to mention about this was this song was also like when you type in breakcore, like it's the fame in it, ADHD mix by Rezoko, and also like this song as well, because this marked as breakcore. And what's interesting is that this was released on Dance Corps, uh, Dance Corps Records, as well as uh, the Crazy Mashcore Mafia track before, which it was released on one of their comps. And what's interesting about that is that this person, Annoying Ringtone, uh, let the Dance Corps take control, which is playing right now. This is the owner of Dance Corps, Annoying Ringtone. I was actually quite fortunate that he put the track list like this for this, for this particular conversation. But uh, Dance Corps is the single-handedly most influential label to me because that is where again like i got all this music for youtube listen to it for youtube by looking up mash called break call looking up stuff like that and the songs people upload to youtube are songs from dance corpse releases and these kind of what became the, the defining sound of like early 2000s breakcore and mashcore and like i've released on dance corpse when i was 19 and it's it's pretty much defunct now but with favicon I, I i tell people like i try and keep that energy that dance corpse had and trying to keep it going through favicon which people are quite into it seems people really like dancecore still and people really like I, i've been i've been called a dancecore revivalist by certain people and, and like because i'm trying to like keep that sound that classic dancecore sound going dancecore is mainly defined oh shit, mainly defined as a, a type of mashcore that is it's, it's basically keeping dance elements gather kicks and four four beats and stuff like that and it samples a lot of like euro beat stuff and euro pop and and like old 90s techno and stuff like that and but it's also just open to anything else as well much like mashcore is in general so like i sample like a lot of like dance tunes and then i'll just mix it with like a folk song or a, a punk song or something like that what's the difference between dancecore and nightcore is there a difference well nightcore is typically you just speed it up and don't really do anything to it but dancecore is where you layer it with like the amens and the kicks and and all it's 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 still like it's basically it's still mashcore it's basically just mashcore but it's more dance orientated to accommodate a dance floor you know what i mean a rave so you're saying dancecore is more complex than nightcore well yeah absolutely <laughs> nightcore again it's like people just put it in audacity and, and speed it up and that's it the export that i'll upload it again with dance corps with the label that's where like gorshik originated kind of well he didn't originate it from it but he that's where he got a lot of his 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 footing from uh this song by razor cj just also released in dance corps <laughs> razor cj got his start in dance corps as well fat frumos fucking yeah one bushi released on it people like that and you know these are people who are all like the main people in the scene now you know what i mean Rizoko CJ, I'm absolute legend. I love the guy. He makes such amazing music. You interviewed him? Yeah, I did. Yeah, about five years ago. Yeah, well, six or seven or eight years ago. God knows how long ago that was. But uh, yeah, it's the complexity he puts in all of his tracks, and you just like hear that sound, boinky, you blah, blah, and you'll hear it once, and then you won't hear it again. It's crazy. 
Yeah, the micro samples. This song, which is like the first track by Gorsha, this was also a friend of mine in school. This is what I grew up on in school. And this is one of those songs that kind of gave me that space of feeling understood slightly by, you know, at this period of school. School was a nightmare, as you would imagine, for someone like me. School is always a nightmare for autistic people. And I get quite annoyed. I get quite passionate when I talk about school. And I talk about how there needs to be a reform of how schools are, are, are done because it, it traumatizes, effectively, it effectively traumatizes neurodivergent kids and it, it completely ruins them growing up. This song, like you know, I, I was I was bullied in school. I was you know I had this and I was I was a strange kid. I was a strange person, and people didn't like me. But this song was kind of that that escape and kind of feeling like oh yeah, you know this this fucking weirdos out there who were just like me. So it gave me that space again to just feel a bit understood. When he, when he came online for like a very brief minute on Facebook, I sent him a message just saying like that's that's what he did for me growing up. And he read it, he didn't reply to it though, because I think, you know, he just fucked off. He, he must have got hundreds of messages <laughs> coming online. He was living in Donetsk in Ukraine and then Russia invaded and I believe his house got destroyed and he had to move and uh, I think, yeah, the music unfortunately we just stopped doing it. Obviously, you know, you've got to take life, limb, family, all that sort of stuff is way more important than music. But uh, yeah, then I think that's why he's basically dropped off the scene since 2016 or something like that. Big shame. But Jay, yeah, just resurface every now and again. Yeah, he just comes on and he's just like, hi, and then he gets off. That's good to know he's still alive and he's still out there. Amen Religionist. This is probably the most influential song ever. It's, it's probably the best song ever made, in fact. DJ Carrara, I was listening to him growing up as well, and he is the single-handedly why my sound is kind of the way it is, and, and stuff like that. As well as obviously all the influences I've had, but he absolutely redefined how I was going to approach music. And this track in particular, like I regard it as like one of the most shoebill sounding like race like tracks that isn't mine in just like its production and its energy, which is something that I always try and go for. It's this this really, really upbeat it samples pink and you know it's got this like really fucking thumpy bass to it, this really offbeat bass that like really like you feel it kind of thing like you can feel it in the headphones and stuff and it just adds that momentum and i love it it's just one of my favorite songs ever made straight up question shoebill where did the name come from shoebill what's the origin i regret the name now i don't really like the name i wish i had something cooler but fuck it it's stuck now. It's an African stork. It's it's a very it's it's a famous stork in that in the way it looks. It's a very disturbing looking bird. It's got a big bill that resembles a shoe. So it's called a shoe bill. And during about 2016, there was a, an anime called uh, Kimono Friends, which was it was African animals as anime girls, as you can naturally expect. And one of them was a shoe bill character in that. But I remember. Um, 
a friend of mine, Minogame, who is a producer. Uh, he he was he's a big fan of Komodo Friends, and he was going to do a compilation of it, uh, of like music inspired by it. So I I started Shoebill and took the name of that first Shoebill character. I never ended up doing anything for that compilation, but I ended up like it's quite interesting because I started Shoebill thinking I was going to try and be a bit serious and do some IDM stuff, and that just completely fell through. But that's really where I got the name from. I just I don't know why. I just thought I thought the name was like ooh, it's it's cool and it's a bit weird and and idm-y and, and you'd expect on like on, on the planet moo or something but and then i didn't do any of that <laughs> i don't know i don't know what i what i would go for now i don't know what name i'd do. I, I always struggle with like coming up with cool names hence why i'm called Shugo. uh but <laughs> it's, a, it's a confusing i'm sure it's a, it's a very confusing name people think my name is bill like they assume that and stuff like that it's just a weird name and i'm a bit weirded when people say it but that's why I, I just get used to it. Shit, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Honestly, yeah. At, at least, at the very least, uh, my previous alias was called Lacerate with a number eight, so I suppose, you know. <laughs> it's original. You've got to give you that, right? I mean, that's that's the best thing, and that's what music is. Be original, right? You see these people that call themselves Death Crusher and all that sort of stuff. It's like, oh, right, really. That's, that's a great name. Well done. DivTech, teenage boys loving teenage music, loving teenagers' moms. Wow, what a title, what a tune. Put it last, because it's probably the craziest one of the whole lot. DivTech themselves are a very, very, very lovely person. I've spoken to them a few times. I actually spoke to them for the interview asking if they were neurodivergent. They got back to me saying that it might be, but they don't consider themselves it, which is fair enough. But they're a very interesting person in general. They're a very active anarchist punk, very vagabond. They, they travel in like a van, I believe. And they, they don't stay where they are kind of thing. They always, they're always moving and they get involved in a lot of just political uh, activism. It's really inspiring and I was saying to them kind of how inspiring it is to me because I want to try, especially with this interview, I do want to try and give a bit of exposure to what I believe in and what I think is important, which is what they do. Most of their music is mainly like sampling metal and, and grindcore and stuff like that. But my favorite songs by them are the ones that sample pop punk, they sample obviously some 41, they sample Paramore, um, one of the like pop punk bands and just bands with this kind of more, just this more, this kind of sound more than, more so than obviously just like very grindcore kind of, kind of stuff. And I love that. And much like with Fox Die and a bit recently with CJ, their cut up style was also what heavily inspired me and it's inspired my Amen Punk sound alongside Aaron Spector. Uh, I take a lot of Aaron Spector and uh, DivTech inspiration. As well as Sonny Shimoda, Sonny Shimoda is heavily inspired by DivTech as well, and we do a lot of music that is kind of in, in homage to their sound, kind of prestige, as well as all just other influences. We all just run on influences, really. Just suppose everyone is. Everyone stands on the shoulders of giants, don't they? And everyone's influenced by what came before, always away. So, Shoebill, mate, we've come to the end of that. Uh, a fantastic little showcase of a load of crazy rave music, which I always love, and uh, great chat. Uh, so thanks for taking the time for Techno Cool. It's a bit lovely. It, this has been the first kind of proper interview regarding my music, so it's been very nice. 
excellent. And just for clarity and for the sake of the recording as well, uh, you know, you, the people you're speaking about and the things you've spoken about, you know, do they even know you're going to talk about it or it's common knowledge for all the various different people and the things you've spoken about today? Indeed. I'm sorry if I did by any chance misrepresent anyone though. Uh, but yeah, I tried my best not to. If anyone has any complaints, put them to my inbox. That's cool. We're all building the hood. Well, cheers, mate. I hope we'll see you sometime in May 2022 in sunny old Southport. Yes, for a particular event, for whatever they might be. Yeah. Until I see you again, mate. Have a good day. Thanks a lot now. Bye. Goodbye. Till next time we speak. Fellas. Yeah. Fellas. Yeah.